You're with Dig a Little Deeper, Levi and Chris, and it's great to have you with us and uh, really, really appreciate everyone who's locked into this. We keep hearing good reports and people let us know that they're uh, they're enjoying the podcast, so we really feel it's worthwhile, mate. That's right, yeah, and and glad everyone's enjoying it, especially as we get to the festive point of the Ooh, year. Yes. All things are getting a little bit festive. We are ready to get our Christmas on. And That's right. So what we're <laughs> actually going to do, I guess is a little bit of a, a mini-series over the next few weeks kind of looking at some things themed around Christmas uh, and I think Christmas has always had it always has a bit of the sense of the the miraculous doesn't it it's it does and not just in the church uh, you know so obviously as as the church we celebrate the uh, the miraculous birth conception of Christ and uh, and yet if you look at our society our world in general you know stories abound and, yeah. and it, a lot of it's sentimentality I think um, looking back at m- an old movie A Christmas Miracle um, looking just at the history of it recently in the last 15 years it's been remade three times really yeah yeah 2009 2012 2017 and actually I don't know it, there might even be a new one it might be in now. the works yeah yeah <laughs> but uh, but you know, just this whole thought of uh, something really good could happen at Christmas time. Yeah, and again, that's sentimentality. But I think Christian faith uh, is is the basis for believing that something yeah. supernatural. Well, it's could even happen. common in our language, isn't it? Where we would say a Christmas miracle. That's it's, it. it's a yeah. Christmas miracle. <laughs> I know? remember when I was in the motor trade as a spray painter. You know, and, and sometimes you'd get a used car company would get a, put a car into the workshop. Um, hoping to get it ready for the, for sale before Christmas, you know. And as we were motor painters, and so at that time the joke was, yeah, mate, if you believe in Christmas miracles, we'll get it done for you, you know. Because sometimes, you know, they'd pull up on Christmas Eve, it'd be like, mate, we're out of here at 1pm. We're yeah. closing shop, yeah, we're yeah, gone. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, that like it's in our – it's it's woven into our culture. I guess that's what we're saying, this sense of uh, there could be something – more going on. Yeah, and mm. I think maybe where it's going to be good to have this discussion is, I guess a lot of what we've been talking about, I mean, as you dive into understanding Scripture more, is sometimes thinking things, and, and correct me if this is wrong, but can mm. become a little bit more practical mm-hmm. and a little bit more, it, like there's an explanation for that. Yeah. But then at the same yeah. time, like it, there's so much miraculous in the Bible. Oh, you can't ignore it. And sometimes, yeah. like what do we do when we need a miracle? Yeah, yeah. And I think this is the thing that the danger can be that much study can make you cerebral. So as much as we really want to dive in, we want to dig a little deeper, we want to look at, you know, the culture that these things were set in, how we approach the scripture, you know, you're trying to develop a good and trustworthy hermeneutic, all of those things. The problem can be that we become just really cerebral and we ignore the very plain thread and theme of scripture Mm. woven right through is absolutely supernatural. I mean, that should make sense. I mean, we believe in God. Yeah. Okay. So we believe in the supernatural by default. And yet um, church history would prove that it's, it's not hard for Christians to become very cerebral Mm. and to ignore the supernatural, you know, possibilities that our faith yields. And so, you know, I guess right from the word go today and beginning of this series, we're, we're going to look at the supernatural nature of Christmas uh, today. And, and I just want to seed out and, and probably ask you, everyone who's listening, I mean, what do you do when you really need a miracle? 
What do you turn to? Um, what do you What do you do when you need more than mere sentimentality? Yeah. In your life, because I think the Christmas story gives us a, a solution to that. Yeah, I think that's great, um, and and I'm excited to to talk about it because I guess there's that. You know, again, there's a balance where it can be like we. It's just like God has this kind of magic wand and He waves it and fixes everything. Um, everything starts to work. You yeah, know, yeah. And, and Christians, we, I, Christians praying for car parks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which uh, look, I'll be straight up. I, I pray for car. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still, a, I'm an avid car park prayer. And look, I am not in the slightest bit trying to 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 downplay the fact that I think uh, you know if God is concerned about the sparrows and can number the hairs on our head. Yeah, I am. I'm sure that he is well able to order our worlds to the finest detail. Yeah. You know. But also, if I don't get a car park, I don't go, well, God doesn't love me today. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, that's but true. I mean, we'd all love to do that. We'd, we'd all love for that to happen. But that, sometimes there is that paradox when yeah. I, I pray for a car park and I don't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I get sideswiped instead. And, and look, and of course, people, we all face much bigger issues yeah, than that when yeah. it comes to our employment and our relationships and our health. And, and you know, frustratingly, sometimes it, it doesn't happen mm-hmm. like a ma- magic wave of the wand, a, a miraculous divine miracle that delivers you out of your circumstance. Mm-hmm. But the fact is it does happen. Yeah. And scripture is, r- is riddled with examples of this and, uh, and not things that I think are just metaphoric things that I believe truly happened. And so um, I do think that the miraculous, often we can overlook it or not see it because often it starts small and grows. You know, it starts with a seed or it starts with a spark and we might be looking for the explosion. We're looking for the big event, Mm. but often it starts small and you look back and you go, wow, God was really in that. I didn't realise it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, you know, if you go back to the some of the most ancient stories in Scripture of the patriarchs, um, I, I love that one line from one of the patriarchs who says, "God, surely God was in this place and I did not know it. Wow, it yeah. wasn't until after his encounter with God that he realised, I've just had an encounter yeah, with God. Yeah. And I think that's often the case for us. And so as we approach Christmas, I, I just really want to encourage us. Let's keep our hearts open. Yeah. Let's stay faith-filled that God could do anything. And, and I mean, just, just lingering on that point just longer, because recently mm. we had kind of, I guess, a church we have – um, you know, people let us know about what we call them praise reports, something yeah. God's done in their life. Yeah. One we had recently was like that. It was like I was, I'm hope, I'm, I'm believing for this big miracle, mm-hmm. and even though it hasn't kind of happened how I thought it would, I can still see God at work yeah. in all the details, chipping away, and it's almost and, yep. like God's. Almost like set it, it's the setup, you know. Yeah, it yeah. was a setup. It's a setup for for, <laughs> for the something miracle. Big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, if you think about it, for for many of us, if you came to faith in Christ at a later point in your life, particularly, um, this is how our faith started. Mm. It started with a miracle. I mean, most people who who come to faith in Christ later on. It's generally, whether through hardship or broken circumstances or God just literally knocking on the door, but there's a sense of, oh, my goodness, God is real. Yeah. yeah. You know, so maybe, you know, if your faith journey has been a wonderful one of being raised in church and coming up through, you know, children's ministry and establishing a very early faith in Christ, that is a beautiful testimony. Mm. Uh, but I just know from my own experience and for many people that I know and talk to who've come to faith later, 
often it's with a bit of a bang. You know yeah, what I mean? Often yeah. it's with a bit of a, a God jolt Yeah, where it's like, wow, I can't deny this. I can't deny the reality of this. And that was certainly the case for me. There was a, a real divine spark. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, and I think I, I think that's why we can't undervalue this stuff, hey, because it's like, yeah, people do find, and it might not even be such an always an external thing. It's something internally just shifted and they, they yeah. walked into, a, into church and something happened that they couldn't kind of deny. Mm-hmm. But in saying that, I think we can't dismiss because that's kind of the, the, some people would say, why don't we see, uh, why don't we see miracles like we do in the Old Testament? Yeah. Um, or, or that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I think yeah. we do. Uh, well, I, th- I think, you know, my experience, particularly traveling the mission field in developing nations, my experience has been it seems to be where people have less options to cling to other than God, you see more. Right, yeah. In one sense, we, particularly in our sort of established and developed nation, um, you know, you get a lot of support. Mm. It's really easy to turn to the Penadol bottle yeah. or to the doctor. And I'm not saying we shouldn't be wise, yeah. but, but, you know, when you mix with peoples who don't have those options, yeah. their only hope is that God comes through. That's where you tend to see the miraculous. And we've had teams, you know, we take short-term mission teams, et cetera, and we need to get back to that now post-COVID. But, um, you know, where people will go, wow, you know, we prayed for people and people were saying, I'm healed. They were seeing miracles in the moment, yeah. right there, right then, undeniable. I've seen that myself. And um, and I tend to think sometimes it's because people don't have the option. God is their only option. Yeah. So their faith is solely placed in one thing. That's just a thought that I've yeah. got. You know. So the supernatural nature of Christmas. Yeah, and, and what we're going to do is over these couple of weeks, we'll, we'll probably read a fair bit of scripture. We'll actually, we don't do a lot of that. You know, we refer to scripture. I don't read much scripture at all. Oh. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> kidding. <laughs> um, but what we will do is like we'll read the story and we'll look at and we'll just try and pick out some sort of elements and highlight some things that we think um, we can learn from and be encouraged by. But uh, just make observations on the story. So here we go. We're going to be in Luke, which, of course, Luke probably records more detail of the actual Christmas story than any of the other writers. What we call a Christmas story. I'm sure they weren't calling it that. Um Luke chapter 1, verses 5 through 14. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless like that's a really big statement yeah. right there that scripture's making you, about them wouldn't you love to have scripture say that about yeah. you <laughs> how would you like to be called that or, or recognized as that blameless fulfilling all the law but they had no child because elizabeth was barren and they were both well advanced in years mm. so there's this huge paradox right there that we'll return to we'll circle back to And so it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, this is Zacharias, his lot fell to burn incense. And when he went into the temple of the Lord and the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense, then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense 
incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. And that's pretty well descriptive of almost every angelic encounter in the Bible. Mm. People are just awestruck and in fear of what this might be. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call him his name John and you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. Um, And so let's just circle back. We're going to circle back to verse six and seven there where it says, and they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless, but they had no child. Yeah. What a paradox, hey? Yeah, and that'd be tormenting Yeah, when you think about it. it. It's sort of like this paradox, which most paradoxes of faith are. Mm. It's like, how can these things be? Lord, I trust you. Lord, I believe in you. Lord, I'm trying to be my best to be obedient to you. Scripture here says they were. Yeah. I mean, doesn't say blameless about many people. Yeah, that's The Bible right. doesn't use that word, you know, too much. But in in spite of, I suppose, doing everything right, they were still suffering. They weren't seeing the answer to their prayer. That's it. Struggling with infertility, um, whether that's disease or if you think about it, the the paradoxes we face are things like this. So, you know, I know young couples that are struggling with this and Mm. they're really good, Jesus-loving people. Um, Disease when it attacks our bodies, you know, loss, whatever. One of the things that it sort of says, I I think one of the traps we can fall into is thinking that somehow it's my fault. What am I doing wrong? Right. You know, if if I've got a paradox, I'm trusting God, I'm believing God, but it doesn't seem to be happening. And there's a paradox in my life. I believe God is good. Why isn't he being good to me? Mm. It's natural that then we start to go down the track of what am I doing wrong? Mm. What have I done? You know, are my sins finding me out? Have I been a bad person? Yeah, am I not? Yeah. Am I not praying enough? Am I not giving enough? Whatever. Mm. And of course, you know, some unscrupulous ministries would prey on those thoughts and feelings too. Um, but what I love about this verse, it, you know, the Bible declares them blameless, mm. righteous, fulfilling everything they could fulfill but they still got a big paradox in their life. And it should just tell us that, you know, really we should never attach guilt. We should never attach blame Mm. to people's conditions. Yeah. Things are just the way they are. Yeah. You know, like when Jesus was asked, did this man's parents sin or did this man sin that he's been born blind? And Jesus is like, no, it's just an opportunity for God to be good. Yeah. I love that thought. Hey, it's like, um, it's like they, they definitely have the ingredients for a miracle, you know, yeah. and, and sometimes that's what it is in, in our life. It's like so we've true. got the ingredients for a miracle. We just need the, the grand pastry chef to, <laughs> chef to come in and so true. bake the cake. You so know? true. Yeah. I mean, that, and that should be encouraging to those of us who are facing what would seem impossible circumstances. The first ingredient God needs for a miracle is an impossible situation. Yeah, and it's kind of um, cheesy, but it's the whole, you know, there's no true. testimony without a test, it, you know. Exactly right. If you've got a test, you've got an opportunity for a testimony. Yeah, so we see these people, they're suffering in spite of the fact, not because they've done the wrong thing, but in spite of the fact that they've done everything right, mm. they're suffering. Uh, and then God comes through, which is just wonderful. I mean, I think right now we could pause and just say, God, give us grace mm. to believe 
in spite of. Right. You know, in spite of what we see, in spite of what we might be feeling, in spite of what may have happened um, to us or around us, the circumstances we find ourselves in, you know, Lord, give us give us the grace to believe that you're good in spite of that mm. and that the miraculous is still possible. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, I guess it doesn't cl- it clearly say here whether they'd stopped believing for it or not, but it says they were advanced in age. Like it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's almost like they've missed the point where the miracle is possible yeah, in, that, in yeah. like a like kind of funny way of so a bit true. ironic to say a bit of an oxymoron, but it's, yeah. you know, it's like they're, they're past the point where it's like, okay, well, if this was going to happen, it would have happened already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little bit like the Abraham and Sarah story. Again, the first of the patriarchs that the whole story is sort of based around. And uh, and it's interesting then, you know, when we flick to, to Joseph and Mary, which we should look at as well because we're not finished with miraculous births here. Yeah. Like, so, okay, John's on the way. Let's say <laughs> um, the story goes on and Elizabeth conceives and there you go. Um, but the interesting thing is like that's got reflections that go right back to to uh, Abraham mm. of them being old, their womb, dry, womb dried up, Abraham, you know, old, an old man. Um, and God gave them a miraculous child. And then you go to Joseph and Mary, the other end of the scale, they're like not even married yet. Yeah, yeah. All sca- that scandalous. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we don't really realise how scandalous that is. In our society that has sort of become incredibly, you know, um, broad in its moral base. Yeah. Uh, you know, th- this was a crazy story and and we've got to sort of, we might not have time to look into all of it, but we're going to look at another miraculous birth. Yeah, let's do it. And I think, because you're right, it's maybe it's more common, loses some of that, but also the the fact of claiming that you're a virgin and you're pregnant, I think is just as, (laughs) you know, what I don't know what the right word for it is, but it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Sure you are. God did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually saw, I actually saw, um, uh, oh, it came up somewhere. I can't remember some TV show, but it was it was kind of this situation, and it was the doctor speaking to a, a a girl, and she he's like, "You're pregnant," and she's like, "There's no way I'm a virgin. Me and my me and my boyfriend are both virgins," mm-hmm. and he says, "Yeah, I'd believe him." Uh, but he's like, you know, having a go. Like, that's not, that's not how, that's not how this works. That's not how it works. Um, no. So there is this, like, you yep. know, to even be claiming that is, yeah, and you it, know, it, it returns back to the supernatural nature of the original Christmas story. Yeah, yeah. So verse 26 in Luke 1 uh, through to 37. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favoured one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. And then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, this is interesting because it's the exact opposite 
to like the response of probably uh, Zacharias and and uh, Elizabeth would have been one of great joy. Oh wow! Yeah, you know what we've always been believing for. For Mary, it would have been, it was it was everything I've what? Hoped, hoped against almost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, how can this be? Like you know, I don't know a man, and of course, the biblical sense of knowing was intercourse. Yeah, and so. I think right right away I'd like to ask the question to all of us that are listening, again, thinking, just considering the supernatural nature of our faith based and begun at Christmas, if you look at that, it that way. What's your how can this be? Right. You know, what's, yeah. that, what's that impossible thing mm. um, that, that may need to shift but you can't see how? What's your how can this be? Because mm. God can speak into it. Uh, And then the scripture goes on to say, the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One who was born will be called the Son of God. And now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who is called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Yeah. Wow. And so it's just this, you know, no wonder to me, no wonder the Christmas season feels special. Yeah. I mean, it's it's birthed in for the Christian faith. It's birthed in the miraculous. It's just miracles, miracles, miracles yeah. everywhere. And I guess the world would say magical, right? It's the, yeah. the magic of... The magic of Christmas. The, the magic of, it's funny because <laughs> people don't really believe in magic, but at the same time... They do. we kind of do. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And again, we, maybe we'd say miraculous or, or supernatural. Yeah. Um, but I think you can definitely see that you know this this the start of the the Christmas story yep. s- is rooted in the Mighty supernatural supernatural beginnings and you know obviously of the Christian faith you know so to 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 me I think as Christians we got to believe that's the hope that we still hold yeah it should be I hope you're a supernatural Christian if you're listening. Just think about it. You you believe in God, okay? So you believe in the supernatural. And I think, you know, and obviously there's different positions on this, but certainly as Pentecostal charismatic believers, you know, we believe God does the miraculous today. We yeah. believe in the supernatural today, that God is not just the God of a big leather-bound book, mm. but he is the God of history. He is the God of now. He's the God of tomorrow. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever is how the author of Hebrews puts it. And and I just want to encourage us, all of us, come on. Yeah. What's in our life that we could say, how could this be? Yeah. I mean, I'd love it to shift. I'd love it to change. But how can this be? And I just want to encourage us, never give up hope. Never stop believing God for good things. Yeah. And I think what we see, the common thread in both of these stories is they both start with an impossible situation. That's exactly right. Like the first yeah. thing God needs for a miracle is an impossible situation. That's so it. where's your impossible situation? Yeah. That's yeah. You know, if that's a if there's a place that God's going to do a miracle, it's where you're impossible. Yep. Is yeah, and and you know, in answer to Mary's, how can this be? I think the answers are same for us too. You know, so the she says, how can this be? She's obviously confused. It's like I know I've been a you know I've been a good girl and I'm a pure Jewish virgin and. So I have no idea how this is happening. And then the angel actually explains how, how does the miraculous happen? And and the angel says the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. Mm. This is going to be a spirit of God thing. The power of the highest is going to overshadow you. And, you know, Mary's so confused. She's, she's thinking naturally this can't happen. Mm. And often that's the barrier for us receiving something. It's like all we can, all we can do is be cerebral. 
Yeah. Again, the danger is to become a cerebral Christian, um, mm. not one with that. And I'm not saying we shouldn't be Christians without thought, but where we become so dependent on our own reasoning yeah. that we lock out the supernatural, we lock out the divine. Yeah, and I think you see that, just another story, but when you when you see the, the man at the well that, at the pool, sorry, that Jesus heals yeah, and yeah. The, the water so stirs and, mm-hmm. and and Jesus says, you know, do you want to be made well? And his response is, I can't. It's people beat me to the water. Yeah, yeah. I can't because... I, I don't have anyone to help me get in. I don't have anyone to help me get <laughs> in. And it's, but it's true how we can, like, he was just seeing it totally in the natural. Yeah. He wasn't thinking Jesus can do this for yeah. me right now. Yeah. But it's amazing how often... Yeah, we can, and I have in my life as well, just limited the, well, that can't happen because of this. Yeah. No, but we believe in a supernatural God who supersedes the natural. Yeah, it transcends the natural. That's what supernatural is. Yeah. It transcends natural circumstances. And, of course, natural possibility, it's always limited. Um, But the angel somehow, you know, the angel, interesting scripture says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And, and often that's just taken to be hearing scripture. But actually, in the first instance, it was when God was speaking to people. Yeah. And in this case, through the angel Gabriel, um, she gets this divine message. The word of the Lord comes to her and it, it, it obviously sparks something in her womb. Mm. You know, So God does something supernatural. The spirit comes upon her. It's not going to be a natural thing. This is not going to be a you and Joseph thing. God is going to take over at this point. Yeah. And then obviously uh, ends with that classic phrase, for with God nothing will be impossible. Mm. And I know this is a bit cliche too, but an old preacher's phrase um, that I can remember from way, way back was, you know, uh, that says nothing with God is impossible. Um, it, it also means in one sense it's impossible for God to do nothing. Right. If you could read it that way, yeah, you know. Yeah. So for with God, nothing is impossible. Mm. So he can do anything, but it also could say he ain't going to do nothing. Yeah, yeah, It's impossible yeah. for him not to move. Yeah. For him not to somehow step into our circumstances. And I love that. So, um, you know, obviously Jesus says in another place, for what is impossible for man is possible for God. Again, talking about that something supernatural. Mm, yeah. Um, and I, I think, you know, even our own salvation, just going back to that, our own journey with Christ and revelation of Christ and, and coming to faith, it's a miracle yeah. that that happens, that, it, it, that somehow God does something in our hearts to circumvent our natural fears and reasoning to open our hearts in faith and to believe. And in that instant, we are born again. Yeah. You know, the spirit of God, just like Mary, just like the spirit overshadowing her womb, literally her physical womb, the Holy Spirit in some way fills our our spiritual womb, our, that inner person, mm. and transforms us from the inside out. Yeah, and I think like just kind of this year at our youth camp, I really witnessed that with, you know, kids where God was really moving in their life. And it was, you could only say it was a miracle. Yeah, the yeah. Kids that <laughs> halfway through the session are, you know, you have to arouse on them for being on their phone. Yeah. And then 10 minutes later, it's like they're just changed. Yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. People who've never had any desire for that, never in, any interest for yeah, that. And yeah. it's just like something supernatural happens and all of a sudden they're just yep. hungry and passionate. And you're right, you can only describe it as as a miracle. Yep. No one convinced them yep. to do that, yep. you know. 
And, you know, I think one of the great observations of this, you know, Mary's story is the miracle began as a tiny seed. You know, mm. go back to what we were talking about before, right at the start of the the, uh, the podcast, like often we're just looking for the big thing. Now, falling pregnant as a virgin, that's a big thing. I'm not yeah. saying that. But if you actually look at it, Jesus started as a seed. Mm. Again, just the tiniest thing she went through, what would appear to have been a natural pregnancy and become large with child and mm. they had to travel in the birth and all of the other stuff that we'll look at in the next uh, over the next couple of weeks. But really, you know, when Jesus came into his ministry at around 30 years of age, you know, it took that long for that seed. Yeah. Think about it. And then if you actually look at the ministry of Christ culminating in the cross and the resurrection... It was a 33-year miracle. Yeah, yeah. From conception through to him fulfilling his earthly ministry uh, was a 33-year miracle mm. um, where almost, it seems like almost all of it happened right at the end in the last three years yeah. in one sense. And yet it wasn't that. God had stirred, planted a seed, grew, you know, Jesus grew up as a like any other Jewish boy, mm. that whole journey. Interestingly, 18 years, the biggest part of his life, we actually don't know anything about details-wise, anything other than a generalism of he grew in stature and favour with men and God. Mm. Yeah. That's it. That's yeah. all we know about the bulk of Jesus' life. Mm. Um, and and yet, no, it started as a seed and then it grew to a, you know, a culmination and a fulfillment. Yeah. And sometimes that is us. That's certainly our salvation journey. Mm. So you, often on the journey, this is where it's like, don't give up. Just keep going. Don't lose faith. Don't yeah. lose faith. Just keep going. God's not finished. God is never finished yet. Yeah. In yeah. that sense, you know, the, the work of salvation and redemption is finished. It is finished, Jesus said. Yeah. But his work in us will continue until we see him face to face. Oh, and because sometimes there is that you, maybe you get the miracle in that sense, you quote unquote, get the miracle that you're praying for, but then you got to keep you got to keep living. And sometimes mm. it can seem like that'll answer everything, it'll fix everything, but it's like, no, that's just, maybe it's just the next step along yeah. on the along the journey. Yeah, well, you look at it, you know, the Spirit's poured out at Pentecost, the church is born, but it's been a 2,000-year journey yeah. of, uh, you know, of grappling with, with God and God in flesh and who is this God that we know and can be known. He's um, unfathomable but ultimately knowable, yeah. like just the, the paradox even in that. Um, and we look at the church and the church's journey in, in spite of terrible persecution, in spite of falling into its own heresies and destructive patterns and whatnot, the church is still, you know, th this body of people who are having an, a living encounter with the living Christ mm. and being transformed has just continued century after century after century. Incredible. Uh, and, and I think it's because it all starts with the supernatural. It's a, it's a supernatural thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, the church, Christianity, individual faith, it's a supernatural thing. If you look at in Mary's womb, it was a spark of the spirit. Yeah. In our hearts, it is a spark of the spirit. Mm. There was nothing. And now all of a sudden there is something. Yeah. yeah. And it begins to grow. Yeah. Wow, something supernatural. Something supernatural, mm. which I guess brings back to the question, like, you know, what situation circumstance, mm, mm. condition, do you need maybe that, that spark, that supernatural, that Jesus to overshadow and, and, and work a miracle in? Yeah, that's a great question. That's a great question. 
and we should just stop and think about it again. You know, what am I believing God for? And I've, you know, I've, I've sort of had a few thoughts around this, like where, and when I look at how people do struggle, when you talk about divine spark and and uh, and God doing something supernatural, you know, I just want to encourage you with creativity. When I think of the nature of God, you know, He created all that we see. And so God is incredibly creative. So if you get a, a supernatural spark, creativity is generally going to be a part of part of it. Yeah. And I meet people so often who started out with so many ideas. So, for example, a business person, you know, and you might be a business person listening, and it's like, man, when I started this thing up, I just saw the possibilities. and But then the reality bites, you know, of paying bills and maybe having staff and trying to get customers, trying to get customers to pay, you know, yeah. that all of these things that business people face. Um, and you can get to the point where you start questioning, why did I even begin? But I want to encourage you. You know, you could reach out to God for fresh a fresh spark of creativity. Yeah. Well, even, even when you think about that, right, like so many great businesses were, were formed on one idea, yeah. one What's thought. What's the big idea? Yeah, yeah. and it's like, it's. It, but when you think about your thoughts, in a sense, it's a miracle that you ever thought that sometimes. Like yeah. I think, oh, gee, about yeah. some things, like I'm so glad I thought that. <laughs> but you could, didn't realise I, I was missing that thought, but it's like that changed everything. Yeah, it's like yeah. God can just give you that a miraculous idea in a yep. sense where it's you just think something and it's like, wow, hang on, there, there's something something in that. Yeah. Oh, look, I, I remember um, one of our great, great people in the church here, he's a board member, he's a great businessman in the church, and I remember his story was um, with one of his, he gave miraculously, like he just gave a incredibly generous amount because he felt like the Holy Spirit said, you create room for me and I'll fill it. And so he did that, and I don't know what year he was in business, but his business by the next year had just grown disproportionately. And he's done it every every year since, and his business has continued to grow. Mm. And it's not like there's a formula. He got something from God. Yeah. You yeah. know, like 50 other people could try that, and this is the problem that we often do. We, we sort of go, well, that's how it works, and we formularize mm. it, and then we blame God when it doesn't work, quote, mm. unquote. Right. But this, this guy got a word from God. In mm. seeking God, there was a divine spark. It was a creative thought. This is what I need to do. It required faith, which it always does for mm. a miracle. And so he stepped out in faith, and, then he, and that's his testimony, and he regularly testi testifies in church to the fact how God has supernaturally expanded his business beyond where he ever believed it would be yeah, yeah. as he's sort of responded to what was a spark in his heart. Mm. And, um, and I think what you've got to do, like he, what he said, well, I've got to create room. If you think about it, when Mary said at the end of that story, she says, let it be unto me according to your word. Mm. You know, I'm your maidservant. So she's, she's submitted. And what she did is literally she created room in a word, in, in her womb. She literally said, yes, Lord. Yeah. Let your will be done. And, and Dame, th th this, this business person actually created that same opportunity by just going, okay, I'm going to just create space. Yeah. And I think that's what we've got to do. We've got to literally open the womb of our heart, if mm -hmm. I could put it in that language, so that God can 
put a seed there, yeah. plant a seed. And you might, you know, this goes beyond a business person. Creativity. Think of people who need creativity. If you're a teacher, if you're an educator, if you're a pastor or a leader, mm-hmm. come on, there's a divine spark, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. God is into doing supernatural things. Yeah, and yeah. this Christmas season, what better time to focus on it? So I just encourage us all, you know, you, you could be a songwriter. Mm. You know, songwriters need creativity yeah, or, yeah. or a musician, you know, and just allow, you know, allow something supernatural. Create room in your heart for God to to put a fresh spark, a fresh seed that just takes you to the next level. Yeah. What yeah. a great thing to be believing for. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that, that thought of creativity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, we need it too in, in things like um, even in our marriages, our relationships, stuff like communication. I mean, anyone who's been married would know the frustration of not being able to communicate the things you need to communicate. And especially if your relationship's in a difficult place and there's maybe there's been some painful things happen, frustrating things. And that is just married life and it has to be worked through. But often we don't know how to express ourselves, or we, we try and express ourselves, and we just make a bigger mess of it. Mm. Um, what about trusting God? Yeah. What about going, God, I seem to be at an impasse and I don't know what to do. And I, you know, how can these things be? I, I know I want a healthy and happy marriage, but how can these things be? Yeah. And then just open your heart and say, God, I'm ready for you to speak to me. I'm ready for you to plant a seed in my spouse's heart and in my heart to, mm. to somehow bring us together, to give us, help us with the words, the creativity, give us the ideas that bring us back together. Yeah. You know, now that seems crazy, but sometimes we need a divine spark to love our partner. Yeah, yeah. A supernatural sense of, of love, a, a returning to our first love, not just with God, but with our spouse. Yeah. Even. And that's something God can breathe on. And what better time than Christmas? Yeah. And I, I like that. I love that thought of like just the, the, the right words in the right moment. <laughs> it's like the supernatural wisdom to, you know, actually maybe wait or to go for it and yeah. kind of in that moment be able to communicate and have it heard and have it received. And yep. it's amazing how quickly healing can come in, oh, in that miraculous incredible. way. Incredible. I mean, I think, you know, for me, my experience has been ministry, my involvement in formal church ministry. We're all in ministry. Formalized church ministry, there can be lots of pressures on your marriage. and um, And I thank God that, it's also, I think, being in formal church ministry has also helped me understand how much you need to lean on God in your marriage, not just in the pulpit or leading people in a room or whatever, but actually relying on the Holy Spirit to convict you, to soften your heart, mm-hmm. to not just sort of blurt stuff out or to just have it out with your partner, quote unquote, yeah. but to actually treat your partner as Christ would treat them, to to engage them in life in that way. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that's supernatural. I mean, marriages have fallen apart all over the place and yet a bit of divine spark in them could save so much. Yeah. yeah. Save so much. Absolutely, yeah. You know, um, I, I, another thing I think of with divine spark is maybe uh, sexual integrity in a society that, has gone rank in this whole area. Mm. The fact is for for people, you know, to to live in a way that glorifies God 
in that area of their lives. That that seems to be a flipping miracle. Yeah, yeah. At the moment, you you really need God with you, sparking you and giving you incentive as a young person, as a young single person. Uh, as a married person, to stay faithful mm. and to stay out of all the traps that are out there, there needs to be a sense of, man, you know, I've got the power of the spirit to live ab- above and beyond the spirit of the age. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Again, then, it's, it's some things that seem, people would say that's impossible and it's like, no, it actually, you know, well, it might seem like it, but with God it's not. Yeah, yeah. It, that's exactly right. Uh, you know, another area, of course, it's just coming to faith. And you could be on the podcast with us and maybe, uh, you know, for whatever reason, I don't know how you ended up listening here, but I'm really glad you did. But maybe you've never experienced that, what we're talking, the divine spark. Mm. Uh, we talked a little bit earlier about when we open our hearts and we create room for Christ, that the Holy Spirit seeds something into us that grows from the inside out and transforms us. It's a it's an internal change, an internal shift that brings an external transformation of the way we think and see and, and be in this world. And uh, if you've never had that, you could open your heart right now. Just create room right now. Just like Mary went, well, I don't know how these things can be, but I'm going to trust you and here I am you know, do with me what, what you need to do. She created room for God to do something miraculous in her life. And friend, if that's you right now, you can do that right now. You don't need to be in a church to do it. Mm. Church will help you grow. Church will bring you into a community that will support your journey, but you certainly don't need to go to a church service to encounter God. You can encounter him right now. And if you feel faith in your heart, from what we've, we've been speaking about the miraculous, we've been speaking about God overshadowing, we've given stories of God at work in the miraculous realm. If you're hungry for some miraculous in your life, you could open your heart to Jesus Christ right now and say, God, I'm creating room for you. Come into my life. Do with me what you want to do. And I guarantee you, friend, if you're authentic, God will meet you there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I love that. And I guess, hey, I, I guess one that probably we've touched on already is just in health and yeah, and 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 in your emotions. Yeah, God wants to work the supernatural there too. Yep, and look, we have actually spoken specifically, and these stories relate specifically. One part of the story relates specifically to fertility issues. And, you know, you could be a couple out there listening to this or, or a spouse and, and you and your spouse have really faced this devastating pressure, you know, of, of trying to work through this process of, wow, why are we struggling to fall pregnant and and why is this happening to us? Um, and, of course, you should work through with doctors. You should do everything that you can do to, to you know, create the family you desire. But... Can we just believe with you right now? Why not? How crazy would it be to talk about Christmas as a miraculous season mm. and not believe with you right now? Yeah. And so if you're you're just a person who finds yourself in that situation, um, you, you know, you and your spouse, your loved one, we just believe with you right now that as we've been speaking about the supernatural, even as the paradox has been sort of frustratingly grabbing you, even as we've been speaking, Man, just open your heart again, once again, and and we're going to pray for you right now that 
the Heavenly Father, your spirit would have overshadow precious people that are reaching out to you in faith right now and believing for a child when natural circumstances seem limited, but they're believing you, they're trusting you, and in this moment they're reaching out for a miracle. Then, Father, in the name of Jesus, we are believing for your spirit to overshadow them, to make a way where there seems to be no way Mm. in Jesus' name. And let great testimonies come out of this moment of people being able to say, we were without child and now we are with child in Jesus' name. It's a biblical story. It comes from the scriptures. I believe it's released faith in your heart. Friend, believe for it. Amen. Amen. So the supernatural nature of Christmas. I love that thought that your paradoxes are just an invitation for a miracle. Hi there, it's Deb Van Benekom here out from Springfield Way. How good was Pastor Chris Mulhair? He's actually a personal friend. That was a brilliant session. Why don't you go and do some dancing? Crank up the music, have a little party on your own and make sure you tune in next week for Pastor Chris's next podcast. You don't want to miss it. Have a great week. Go well.